blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. We are in the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's greet our Lord with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. O oh God, God, who through the grace of our doctrine shows us to be children of light, we pray that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our illusions, God, your son, let me introduce the readings uh, for those who are joining us online. The first reading is taken from the second book of the Kings, chapter 4, verses 8 to 11, and then, then verses 14 to 16a. For the second reading, it's a continuation of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 to 4, 8 to 11. And the gospel is taken from Matthew, chapter 10, verses 37 to 42. And we will start with the first reading. A reading from the second book of Kings. One day, Elisha came to Shonem. For there was a woman of influence who urged him to die with him, with her. Afterward, wherever he passed by, he used to stop there to dine. So she said to her husband, I know that Elisha is a holy man of God. Since he visits us often, let us arrange a little room in the roof and furnish it for him with a bed, table, chair, and lamp, so that when he comes to us, he can stay there. Sometime later, Elisha arrived and stayed in the room overnight. Later, Elisha asked, can something be done for her? His servant, he has answered, yes, she has no son, and her husband is getting on his ears. Elisha said, call her. When the woman had been called and stood at the door, Elisha promised, This time, next year, you will be funding a baby son. The word of the Lord. This is the first reading is a story of a woman who receives a man of God with special marks of kindness. Receiving others is not limited, however, to hospitality. Receptiveness is more profound and openness to others. When we offer hospitality, we don't impose on the other our way of looking of things, but open ourselves to him, try to enter into his person, especially if there is something in him not congenial. We try to understand, though we may not approve, Try to be understanding without passing a negative judgment 
we're not only acting a moral way, but building it. Uh, but in order to build the church, the kingdom of God. Very well said. When we read this kind of stories, a lot of um, imaginations can come up. Um, first of all, I mean, for me, okay, I have the question about the woman and the husband. We know that the husband was old. Right. What about the woman? How old would that woman be? I mean, if the woman. I agree with you. I've thought about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought, did she have the baby the next year? <laughs> <laughs> she, she must be close to the end of her childbearing. So maybe in her 40s? Or... We, we, we do not know. We are not so sure because. Uh, this woman may not be the first wife. That's the point. Yeah. Take the example of Abraham. Yes. Abraham, you know, in his old age, I mean, he had a, a not very well-known woman. Hagar. Yeah. After the death of Sarai, you know, many years, something like that. And so, okay, she was able to give birth to a child. That's for sure. And that makes the, 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 the problem, uh, Sophia. In a sense, okay, if both of them getting old, yeah, okay. But if the woman was younger, that would be quite a burden for her. Uh, not be able to deliver, I mean, give the, the husband a child. That, uh, and, and that question is, is very meaningful. Of course, I mean, this story, uh, was taken to be the first reading in order to throw lights on the gospel reading today. Okay, because of her hospitality, okay, mm -hmm. she's uh, she extends um, her hospitality to a holy man of God. This is, I think, the key, the key question. Of course, I mean, the whole story is also very interesting because later on, the child died. Yeah, young child, yeah, about, I mean, even a couple of years old, not very young child. And so, okay, the, the, the husband and wife were happy for a, a short period of time. And then next time when, when Elisha come along and then said uh, his son was taken uh, and died. And so they back, you know, Elisha did do something. And so Elisha, perform some actions or whatever and then raise the dead child to life. Yeah. So so there, there, this is only the first part of the story. This <laughs> yeah, very meaningful story that continues and it's also throwing light on what Jesus is going to do in the future because in the gospel Jesus raised three right. three persons. Two of them were young, very young. Okay, uh, I, but of course not as young as this little baby boy. Yeah. So they can also, despite that, uh, since Elisha is a holy man of God, so he was welcomed by the woman. Oh, okay. He, so if the first of all, you must know Elisha because he is yeah. the successor of Elisha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if the woman heart is because he's a holy man of God. That's why. He's a of special 
place for mm. her. Mm. How is her real heart about it? Um, it's here, no? She is really not a good heart. Yes, yeah. It has. She definitely has. Yeah. She feels this man is a holy man. It's a good man. So what I think is if the man is not a holy man, oh. welcome. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah that is. Do she welcomes him because he's a holy man? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. This is my I'm yeah. thinking it's not is his if is her heart is to remain in the same the thing right. to welcome them. Because as you said, sister, mm-hmm. I think the your point was we should welcome everyone no matter what their character yes. is. So you're saying that she's welcome because it's a holy man, but if he wasn't, which is too welcome. Uh, well, I, I did not spend enough time to do the preparation, <laughs> but we we should we should I, I encourage you to find out yeah, what makes the, the the woman feel that think that Elisha is is a holy man. In what way? In what what actions have the Elisha's done impresses her that I'm a holy man? You know, oh, that maybe she heard him preaching. Yeah, I mean, unlike nowadays, I mean, do, do they put on special dress so that people will recognize her? I don't think so. Because he had been passing by right. many times already. Yes, many people passing by. But they always sort of stop and dine. So the point is, the point is because the woman invited him first. Yeah. All right, and then so. So next time, okay, Elises, when he uh, came along, okay, uh, maybe say hello to them, and then she continued to, you know, extend her hospitality. But what was the first thing that uh, motivated her? What what did she see in Elijah? I mean, I need to go back and then check up. Think about it, it's important for us. What what makes us look Christians or Catholic? Right. So there must be something. And then, you know, it seems to me that many people, you know, they they they, they prefer being anonymous. Yeah. They feel shy about saying grace before the especially in restaurants, in public places. You know, they, <laughs> oh my god. Maybe uh, she was stuck by that Holy Spirit. Yeah. Feeling. Ah. Ah, okay. Respond to her needs. Okay. So Maybe. there is uh, so Elijah's carry an air of Holy Spirit. So whenever he goes along, the woman can feel that. Okay. This is a very good point. <laughs> Do we carry this 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 manners, this so that people can be impressed? That okay, this is a Catholic. Well, whether he is holy or not, whether he's <laughs> it's another question. At least you know, they're able to, to identify them. And then the woman was able to identify. I mean, not, not just pass along. There must be you know, a lot of people pass, you know. Sure, but the, yeah. He's a prophet, I'm sure he's spoken to the people. She must have so he it. has spoken to the people. She has heard his words. You heard it. There must be something Right. Okay. Look it up. Okay. Promise me. Look yeah. it up. Because the, the the story of Elisha is, is different from that of Elijah. It, it, he did some, well, I don't know, <laughs> not very commendable thing. <laughs> yeah.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matt. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of the these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple. Amen. I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here, I must stand up yeah, to, 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 to fight. <laughs> you know, the, the Chinese culture is very famous of filial piety. Right. Children should be pious to the parents. Right. And then Confucianism, etc. Lots of things. And so many people will feel that, oh my God, how can you preach the gospel to the Chinese? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you, you're telling them not to be pious to their to parents. That it's, it's, it, to it goes totally against the Chinese mentality. Well, I say no. Just the opposite. Because Confucianism is deeper than that superficial understanding. Right. Confucianism is, um, uh, is, well, of course, I mean, we, uh, the, the Chinese people, they practice filial piety for pragmatic reasons. So that parents, of course, you should encourage, you know, teach children to be pious so that in your old age, you'll be taken care of, right? Even the government. The government wants this. The, the government sees it very well. Okay, if you are biased to your parents, the next step would be you should obey the law. You should not put your parents in shame. Mm. And further extent, you should be loyal to your king. You yeah. will be patriotic. And therefore, all the kings, all the kings throughout the Chinese history, they support Confucianism and not the others. For good reasons. Sometimes they didn't. <laughs> and so, now, just think about it. 
Jesus is our King. When Jesus tells you, or I mean, just just put you back in Confucius' time, when the emperor speaks to you, okay, you're just a, a commoner. So whoever loves fathers and mother more than me, your king, huh, is not worthy of me. Okay, you're not going to do my job. You will not have a government office. You will not have payment, blah, 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 all these things. Reasonable, isn't it? And, and therefore, I, I don't think. So this can be a kind of offense. So that uh, the Chinese will feel like it's, it's not like a cup of tea. Go away, go away. This is, you know, foreign religion. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> there are these kind of slogans against us, but it is a twisting of the understanding of Confucianism. Right. Now, I'm rather curious instead about the, the, the next two parts, that the line about the uh, righteous man. We were reading about the, 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 the woman okay, who received Elisha, right? right? Now, look here. Whoever receives a prophet, okay, Elisha is a prophet, because it's a prophet, Okay, we'll receive a prophet's reward. Good. My question is, what is a prophet's reward? Now, whoever receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's, righteous man's reward. Uh, this is a big question we need to investigate. Okay, whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple. I mean, a disciple. We understand that. So what is a... Righteous man, what is a prophet? And what are the rewards? This is a question we need to clarify, we need to understand. Any opinion? Any idea? What for me, say we say righteous man, if he's righteous, means you're agreeing with her or her or his ways that he is really a righteous person. So righteous man, there should be some kind of objective uh, what uh, criteria. Right. I mean, if you, if you do some, you know, robbery, how can you say you're righteous? Right. Of course, Robin Hood will say differently. Huh? I'm not talking about Robin Hood. Robin Hood is Robin Hood. <laughs> but uh, to a certain extent, we, we, we agree with uh, Robin Hood, right? Because he, he, he robbed the richest. He said, uh, okay, I'm you know, rearranging, reallocating the, the resources because you are doing it in a greedy way, so you accumulate too much okay, of your wealth okay, in an unrighteous way and strike putting it back. Okay, so in this way, Robin Hood is not a bad guy. Right? So, but at least there should be some kind of uh, objective, people agreed, values and criteria we can agree upon. And so, what is this? But obviously, it has something to do with Jesus. Because, you know, first of all, he talks about a prophet, and then he talks about a righteous man. And lastly, he talks about a disciple. So here is the clue. So what Jesus is trying to say is, if you are a disciple, he summed it up with a disciple. The last thing he mentioned. And therefore, it means, okay, a disciple should be a prophet, should be a righteous person. But what does righteousness mean? St. Paul has a good definition of righteousness. What about St. Lawrence? Same thing he took those days to the church? Yeah. We follow the Beatrice. 
I mean, this is the the atheist, a uh, you know way of of life. We uh, to a certain extent the Old Testament, the New Testament, when they talked about being righteous, uh-huh. which means okay, you are righteous in front of God. You right. you have you do not you people cannot find fault with you. Okay, God does not find fault with you. But we are sinners, right? So what does that mean? Okay, because we believe in Jesus. Okay, Paul Paul said, if you believe and if you confess, then you are justified. And therefore, through baptism, all of us have become justified. All of us have become righteous. Righteous because of baptism. And that's how I, I read this passage in a sense. That, okay, furthermore, we also partake in Jesus. We call it threefold ministry of king, priest, and prophet. So all of us are also prophets, which means we are spokesmen of God. We speak okay, for God. After baptism. Yeah, after baptism. So what are our rewards? <laughs> What is the prophet's reward? What is the, the righteous man's reward? And the reward of a disciple? The promises of God. You're, you're, you're satisfied with this reward? What is, what, what is the promise of God? Promises that bring us to eternal life. So a place in heaven. A place yeah. in heaven? Yes. This is the promise. That in, in the prayer, it says that we may mm-hmm. be with worthy the promises of God. It will, it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. I think on that note, I think um, what we just talked about, being set righteous through baptism, being separated from sin through baptism, and then, then be welcomed by Christ and his hospitality to eternal life, we will see in the second reading. Um, Paul mentions about a lot in the second reading about death as an act of complete separation from something. So in this case, death is referring to dead to sin. So let's listen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, brothers and sisters, are you aware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. If then we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him, as to his death, He died to sin once and for all. As to his life, he lives for God. Consequently, you too must think of yourselves as dead to sin and living for God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So a lot of these points we just actually just talked about, being uh, righteous, dead to sin, and then the promise of Christ's hospitality to eternal life. So this unity, with it starts with a unity of Christ's death and a burial. It means a separation from sin and its effects. But then, then you think, 
death, it means separation. Does that mean that we are separated from life and our loved ones? No. The death that Paul symbolically speaks about has a positive effect. Uh, death with Christ in baptism separates the faithful from sin, which sins would have separated the person from God, our heavenly home, where our faithful loved ones will be. So in death to sin, we separate ourselves from sin, and it brings us to eternal life in heaven where our loved ones will be as well. This is Christ's promise, hospitality. He welcomes the former sinners, us, separated from himself and his father, to be joined to himself in order to bring him, bring them to life-giving union with God. So now we open it up for further questions and meditations. I just want to say thank you, Deacon, because I think the answer to what is the reward for the righteous person is answered in the second reading. <laughs> That's how I just guess. <laughs> we are reborn. I mean, we are baptized through Christ in death, but like Christ who rose from the dead, we will too attain a place in eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's the reward, as you said, Mary Faye. Yep. God's promise. Yep. Yeah. And and our loved ones will all be there as well. Mm-hmm. So in in the gospel, like Deacon was saying, uh, if we focus our life on God and doing his will, the promise of eternal life uh, is there for us as well as for our loved ones. So we will be reunited with it, with them. I mean, the second commandment uh, is also to you know, love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. So God does care for our neighbors uh, and our loved ones as well. I think it's a, it's a great three set of readings. It really comes full mm-hmm. circle. And do, you see do. that our discussion actually transitions. Yes, from from first, then to the gospel, and then to the cross, which uh, Mary Faye uh, alluded to, so it's great. Yeah, it really is. So, um, those of you who are online, do feel free to unmute yourself uh, and join in this uh, lively discussion. But obviously, if uh, there are questions, Mary Faye, any questions? I think I have one, five degrees, uh, gospel saying that whoever finds his life will we lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. Okay, I ask further, deeper explanation. <laughs> <laughs> for example, will I say I, I, I am I am working, no? and then I give up. I will not work anymore because I want to put all my time to God. So, but most people cannot do this. I mean, it is really very. Well, I mean, if we read this. Sometimes we need to um, read it in a flexible way, mm-hmm. in a sense that, in a sense that, because you can see the whole thing is a, a play of word, a play of word, all right. And and then um, you can you will see a lot of contradiction, right? Okay, uh, parents and me, children and me, right? So there's the kind of comparison contradictions here. Now, when Jesus talks about uh, whoever you know finds his life, the word life here will not be the same as the second life. And whoever loses his life, well, okay, will lose it. So what I mean is the first whoever finds his life, okay, 
will lose it. The word "it" it seems to be to mean that life, but no, he's talking about the spiritual life. Okay, finds his life. Okay, probably means your success, your you know achievement, your material life. You know your wealth, your health, your not all things. You will probably if you spend too much time there. Exclusively for your goal or whatever, probably you will lose your spiritual life. Yeah, you will lose your way. So, so when we read this one, there are a lot of wordplay going along. So we have to be very careful. Of course, some. I mean, it cannot be a kind of contradiction, right? You find your life and then you lose it. What does that mean? So, so there must be two different meaning. The life and the eat will be referring to different things. Otherwise, it will be how can I obtain it? Okay, so I find my money. Now lose my money. Of course. <laughs> I have another. another <laughs> the the gospel also is more of like uh, it's priority being. Ah, it's priority. A call of we are disciples. No? With the baptism now, we are called to be disciples with the mission. And so, you know, these are the, these are the, like, uh, these are the things you have to do as a disciple. You know, you have priorities. Right. Um, love your, you don't have, I mean, priority. Love God, then your parents, then your children, and then take up your cross. Yeah. And then whoever finds life will lose it. Uh, last Sunday is more of we will we will suffer. No, there will be things that we have to carry. Now it's really telling us this is you are called to be disciples, and you have a mission. So our mission we have to take up our mission. In fact, carry your cross. And who don't who among us doesn't have a cross? We have our own little crosses. It is here that we have to not in fact we have this redemptive suffering or taking up our cross. And that's like a sharing of God's suffering cross. And that is exactly as a disciple. It's like identification. Jesus identifies with the Father and for us. To be a real disciple, like the apostles, we have to die. And so also for us, we are called to be like Jesus, who died for us to carry his cross. And so this is also... For me, as a deacon, to read this will be different from the reading of a priest or even for a religious. Because for us, spiritual life and, and worldly life, are not exclusive. It's a matter of priority, right? It's a matter of priority instead of... But sometimes, some of the gospel, for example, I don't know, gospel of Mark or, or the others, they put it in an extreme way. It, it sounds very exclusive. You either have this one or you have that one, and not both. But for me, okay, I'm married. I have a family life. But I'm also a clergy. Okay? So I'm... It's, it's, to a certain extent, consecutive life. And I have both. 
and it is not exclusive. Whereas for the priests, okay, you are priests, don't get married. And so for, for me, so uh, I, when I read this, it's, you're right, so this is right, it is a matter of priority, uh, both. So that is to say there are people, it is possible that there are some people who find both, uh, what should I say, physical life and spiritual life, both of them are successful. And there are also people who spend exclusively, you know, and achieve very great uh, heights in spiritual life, and they live in poverty. Many of the saints, they are like that. And then, of course, there are a lot of people very, very rich, and then forget about the spiritual life as well. And so there are also people who lose the physical life as well as the spiritual life. So there are also, you know, all possibilities. So it is not totally exclusive. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, not totally, I mean, I mean, mutually exclusive. No, they're not mutually exclusive. Just like one of my rich friends, woman, this woman, have a lot of diamonds. She give up all her diamonds. Yes. She put up all these to the church. Good. And totally become zero. Yeah. Now she's happens. Oh. <laughs> There's no more money. Is she happy? I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> That's the big, big question. I mean, if you want, okay, I, I want to be a bishop, okay. And then, okay, now you achieve it spiritually, you're high, and then you become a bishop, you're holy, but you're not happy. Then there's something wrong. So, I mean, if Paul said in his uh, first letter to Corinthians chapter 13, if somebody, you know, Give away, put away all his money, and yet he has no love. Uh, poor guy. Right? So the key point I ask is: Okay, she, you know, gave up all her diamonds, and if she's happy, yeah, good. Do you know the story in Hong Kong? The story of duty-free shoppers. Do you know in the airports, DMS was founded by three men in Hong Kong. And there were three foreigners. Two, they all became very, very rich. Two of them bought mansions and art. The third man, I forget his full name, he gave it all away to charities. And he's very happy today. Hmm. He wanted the, uh, the city wanted to honor him. And they said, well, send you a limousine. He said, no, no, I can take the bus. <laughs> True. And it's, he's a really fine example. And he, did, he told his children, I'm not going to leave you any money. You hmm. need to go out and work in public service to yeah. serve the poor. Hmm. So he's someone who I feel really received the call and gave yeah. everything away to for hospitals, for churches, for for Buddhist association. He didn't discriminate. He gave it to all different charities. So he's successful in well both. because he understood, I think, that you know, he said, I earned this money for a purpose, not to spend it on myself, yeah, but to do a better society. Right. It's a call for discipleship. And like the reward, that's the it's the joy. It's In good. fact, like uh, what they said about uh, why do we have to suffer, you know, uh, redemptive suffering, mm -hmm. you know, for Saint Augustine, it's because the 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 cross, the suffering of Jesus is enough already. But we still say I suffer to, uh, to add, but it's lacking. Jesus is suffering. You know? mm -hmm. but this is what Saint Paul said. They're very. Saint <laughs> said, "Yeah, because it's he suffer for the church. 
it's like people are still suffering and we contribute it. No, yeah. Jesus' suffering is already done, but I still contribute for the people now, the church. But John Paul II said, actually, it's all done by Jesus. We cannot add, it's complete. Yeah. But it's more of uh, just a share, a particle, a small amount of our <laughs> suffering can contribute to the, in order for us to know what is love. Mm. It was really discipleship called to love. Yes. You're happy, you're at peace. You don't have that material. I hope you're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he's borrowing money from others. Oh, no. <laughs> but maybe because he succeeded in story. As Deacon said, it depends who is reading the gospel. <laughs> yeah. As a parishioner, I'm reading it, and like the other day, Sister Lewis, I said, I can see the missionaries people, they have to really leave their home and then travel afar. Not just missionary, I mean, clergy, and yeah. they have to be single. So, but as you say, the priority is God first rather than their family. They still love their family, but it's not more. So, and then back to, because that is related to, I think, to the first reading. So this woman, I don't know the name, and sort of say, oh, this is a good man from God. All the missionaries. Yeah. They are the good people yeah, from, God. from God. So we should give them thanks yeah. and reciprocation, hospitality. And treat them well. That's how Christians should do. I agree. Do you remember the young lady? It was a little year ago. It was a young Hong Kong Chinese lady who came to Mass. She had been in Africa and different countries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Stapenia. Yeah. yeah, I was so moved by her. Yes, yeah. She, yeah, today she has place. a sharing in uh, oh, she? Yeah, yeah, but she was I amazing. cannot make it. Yeah. Um, she came in and we had a second collection for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was amazing. Um, she is a lay missionary. Yeah, she was very successful in uh, somehow uh, Cambodia. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, and her business. Uh, uh, South, uh, South, South Sudan. Sudan. Yeah, South yeah. Sudan. Uh, and she spoke to the church. Yes, oh, yes. Very yeah. We went to the same school. Did you? Yeah, she is a lot junior. I'm very senior, very old. <laughs> that's how I remember it. Yeah, that's why I said different people have different priority. Maybe yeah. she found her life, uh, found something, so she is now doing the missionary work. Yeah. And another, also this one, whoever loves mother or father. Yeah. Actually, if you read this, it's the context of thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like uh, the people there in the village is like they group together, like in China before, no? family, uncles live together. And there was persecution. And it's like only few are left. And so they hangled together because I have only this. But so the challenge is for them to also accept the others. So that's the background of this. 
uh, if you don't, if you only love your father or mother, you have to include others in other yeah. interpretations. Yeah. Very much like our Bible study family. As we <laughs> <have>. <laughs> so, um, I think we're done. We heard the promise and the goodness of the Lord. So let's sing praise to that. Forever, I would sing the goodness of the Lord. The promises of the Lord, I would sing forever. Through all generations, my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, My kindness is established forever. In heaven, you have confirmed your faithfulness. Blessed the people who know the joyful shout in the lives of your congregants, O Lord, they walk. At your name, they rejoice all the day, and through your justice, they are exalted. You are the splendor of their strength, and by your favor, our horn is exalted. For to the Lord belongs our shield, and to the Holy One of Israel, our King. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your May your mighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.